I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk about real estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. And that was an awful soft tone there. And I'm Jay Pitts. Very sultry. Well, Jay, we we had a very popular but still controversial episode last time out. We talked a little bit yeah. about disruptors in the marketplace, specifically disruptors to the brokerage model. And uh, we appreciate all the responses that we got, but it seems like uh, the jury is still out. A lot of people thought that we were either completely right or completely wrong, and there's not a lot of in between. So sure. we wanted to take take the time that we had today to maybe clarify. You know, maybe we weren't exactly clear about where we stand on this issue. And and for our listeners that left feeling unsatisfied, we wanted to maybe clear the air a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, listening back to the episode, there were a couple of things that were unclear. And I think you know anyone that did listen understands that it's a topic that I'm very passionate about. Um, mostly because I'm very passionate about our industry. So these broad sweeping changes and developments and things are, you know, I mean, this doesn't speak to how well I do my business, right? So I can, I can still make a great living in real estate, regardless of what shape the brokerage model takes hold. Like the brokerage institution isn't going away. Like there are still regulatory agencies that will require that real estate sales agents respond to and, report to one person and that one person is held accountable to those regulatory agencies. And that's right. any state that's pretty much any country. I mean, I know there's the wild West and there's some, you know, international, you know, kind of places where real estate is land records or not, but by and large, but by and large, part. this is especially in the United States and you know, the Western world, this is how it's going to be. Like there is going to be someone in charge, mm-hmm. someone responsible. So the majority, I think, of the pushback we got um, were a couple of things that I think I was being a bit more figurative about, um, and people took them as being factually incorrect. One thing I just want to correct the record. I said in the last episode that on the and, – and the majority, as you can probably imagine, of our pushback and our commentary didn't come from the first two models. Yeah. You know, the <laughs> the um, – you know, ones big that, tech, not much change, you know, big tech, um, and you know, the de- more salary model. De- devaluing or salaried model. Yeah. Um, most of them came with the multi-level marketing approach and that's probably because it's the model that's kind of in vogue right now. And you're seeing, well, it's such a big departure from anything that's, that's happened before. So, well, I mean, believe it or not, and this is something I didn't get into either. So I'll come back to that in a minute, but it's not the first time the whole concept of multi-level marketing has entered residential real estate. Okay. Okay. And I'll get to that in a minute, but factually correct or incorrect, I was being figurative when I said that agents had a small percentage ownership in these multi-level marketing real estate companies, air quotes. Okay. Okay. What I meant was, is that by receiving a share of profits, okay, from the, the downline, so to speak, of agents that they recruit to the model, they are in essence participating in ownership. Now gotcha. they're not making decisions on 
the direction of the company or the way that they brand themselves. They're not shareholders. They're not share. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, they're stakeholders. That, that's a okay. good, that's a good distinction. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because in business school you'll hear shareholder versus stakeholder. Okay. Okay. Stakeholders have a stake in the company. Sure. They have. They benefit when the company does well, and these people are very much stakeholders. Shareholders are people that have a percentage of equity ownership in the business. They do not have that. Now, there are ways. I'm sure um, there are ways for some of the most influential types to have some ownership, um, even if you know the company's public and they buy stock in it and whatever. But like the whole ownership earned from recruitment, that that's not the case. I was being figurative about yeah. that. So, so for those of you out there that call me factually incorrect – you know, there you go. There's sure. my mea culpa. Okay. The now, now to the next point, this is not the first time multi-level marketing has entered the space. I mean, Keller Williams, you know, out there boasting about being number one in transactions, number one in volume, number one in agent count, and has been number one in agent count for quite some time. Th- they practice multi-level marketing, a much, much, milder version. Okay. Okay. They have a downline. They have a profit sharing system. Okay. Where when you recruit agents, you receive a percentage of profits. So, you know, I, what I will tell you is, is that it's been going on a little while. Okay. Okay. It's been going on a little while. And and I'm not saying multi-level marketing in general is going to destroy the real estate space. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. It's been around and clearly has a place to be successful because of just plainly um, showcased by Keller Williams' success. Now, I have issues with their model, okay? But what I really have issues with and what I really want to clear the record on today is how much more pronounced these next iterations are and how much more problems they could cause for our industry. And trust me, I will say this. um, I believe that some of the practices – of large brokerage brokerage houses, franchises, big brands have contributed to the, a lot of the problems that our industry has, namely unqualified real estate agents guiding people through a transaction, consumers not receiving great representation. Okay. Okay. But hear me now, okay? The ones we have are bad enough. The ones we're getting ready to get, <laughs> okay, we can't withstand Okay. Okay. You asked me when, when it was going to change. The next market will wipe out a big portion of it. Okay. As with multi-level marketing, okay, when new salespeople stop entering the mix with a network, you know, multi-level marketing is also known as network marketing. Sure. Okay. So distribution strategy is friend to friend, right? I know you. I sell widgets. You're going to buy widgets because you know me and you like me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We've already determined that, that my widget is probably no better than the widget you would pick off you know, the shelf at target. Okay. And at some point that wins because target has a more reliable distribution model because pretty soon I sell to you, you see the value, you say, this is great. Let me make some money. And then you go sign up your network to start selling. At some point people stop selling, people stop signing up to sell. Yeah. And that's when it goes. Okay. So I said the kind we're about to get or have already started to see is not something we can withstand. There are a couple of reasons. Okay. The reasons are that this model has taken it further than anyone has in the past. 
in the way that they have eliminated oversight, training, mentoring, and accountability. Now, anyone listening to this from XYZ company yeah. that prescribes to this model would argue with me. Sure. Okay, but I would ask them to look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. It's the truth. Okay. I know this to be true. Okay. This is not Plymouth Rock. This is not the next 50 years of real estate. It's not. Okay. This is doubling down on the danger report. Mm. It's bad. Bad news. Yeah. Okay. So the two people, the two, two archetypes of people that are enticed by this model are the people with lots of influence that can profit from it and the people with no experience, okay, that get to benefit from it financially in the way of lower cost or lower barriers to entry. Very, much lower. Much lower barriers. Yeah. Okay. So we are relying upon the people of influence profiting from just simply recruiting. Which they're good at. That's why Which they, they're good at to, to raise up. And there's no one present in person, no location to go to, to get training, leadership, mentoring, et cetera. Now you can tell me the more they sell, the more I make because of my downline. But do you think that there's any chance that there might be more of that in the future? Like if enough, if enough influencers come on board and bring enough people on that maybe they'll see the need and introduce more places to go for this kind of training. Or do you think that's not on their priority Dude, It's list? possible. It's possible. Okay. It doesn't seem to be their priority. Okay, and what I will tell you is, you ever hear a person is very smart? Okay. A human being is very smart. But? Empathetic, you know, well-meaning, rational, but people? Mm-hmm. People are dumb. Yep. <laughs> okay, so what I'm seeing, okay, what I'm seeing from all of this is a mad rush of these two types, okay, these two archetypes, right, to this model, and we are relying on people to do the right thing people people to do the right thing that might not be the most immediate way to profit so influential agent number one recruits brand new agents two through 11 okay and gets a taste of the small that's called scale man like so now they're making downline on 10 agents yep each one of those 10 agents gets 10 more agents. And the, and the proof's in the pudding. You could look at the math, although I've seen some of these equations on this downline, and it's yeah. like, it's funny math. It's like, you need to be like, you need to be like, I don't even want to go there. You need to be like an actuary to understand this stuff. <laughs> but but my point is, do you think it's more, what are, where's there more incentive to make their 10 more, more productive, more po- probable, you know, higher probability of success and be more profitable that way, or to just recruit another 10? Okay, so the problem we have is because real estate companies know, and and brokerage houses, traditional brokerage houses are guilty of it too. We know that there is a network kind of situation present in residential real estate. We know that a a good-looking, young, well-meaning, but... Energetic. Well, but energetic, but unqualified agent will stumble into three, four, 10 transactions a year, right? Sure. Okay. And so the brokerages, because their profits have not been great, traditional brokerage models, their profits haven't been great, have taken, because they've taken advantage of that. And they've taken larger company splits from those people. Okay. Giving less and less service. Yep. Okay. And basically what that, what that leads to is 
you know, the brokerage is making what they can while they can. So they're just as guilty. Okay. okay. And then, you know, we get a glut of unqualified agents in the marketplace. It's really frightening, man. Yeah. It's really frightening. And certain companies have doubled and tripled down on it already. I blame them as well. Like, a person is smart. People are dumb. Okay, this is going somewhere bad. But you know, you know what's you know what's funny? Like, I, I will use my platform to speak my voice and share my opinion. Okay, I'll work with these agents just the same. Sure. I'm not going to discriminate. I'm going to do the best job I can for my client. I might run circles around them. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I will work with these agents. I will work with them. I will shake their hand. I won't judge them. You know, sometimes, what is that? Judge them not for they know not what they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I won't judge them. Okay, I'll work with them. I, I, I don't dislike these people. You know, um, but... I do think that a really hard look at whether you're the problem or the solution needs to be had, especially by the influential types. Right. The influential types rushing to this model, it really, really frustrates me because it almost feels like we're going to cash in. We're going to sell out before the market hits the skids. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to move on. And when it's and when it's all gone, I'll still be left as a credible professional that can do the job, and yeah. you know we'll wade through the next recession and then figure out what's next. Well, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago about the danger report because I mean it's been almost six months now since we talked about the danger report on the show. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with that episode, you got to scroll way back, but it's back there and it's worth listening to. Uh, but in the danger report, it talked a lot about how unqualified agents and a large number of them don't just have a bad effect on. Uh, you know, individual brokerages is something that can affect the entire market and have long lasting effects that we're going to be cleaning up for a long time. So when when you see this model, and, and you hear about the things people flocking to it in large numbers, what are the big, big effects that a lot of these people are probably not thinking about right now, that will come back to bite them in a couple of years? I think you're going to see a lot of people out of the industry in five years. Yeah, that that's what I think. I think they're banking on, you know, this being some sort of savior, some sort of, you know, paradigm shift. And it, I just don't see it happening, man. I mean, I think it lives for a while. But, you know, the funny thing about, like, VC money and tech money and, like, people that are not in the space, they're not committed to the space. They're committed to disrupting industries. So the brokerage model is really hard to make a profit. Well, and what did we talk about before, too? I'm going to introduce a new made-up statistic to the show. Uh, but what is it, like 10% or 20% of – like the bottom ten percent of agents, when the when the market drops out and the market gets bad, they just oh, I mean that's that's conjecture, Gabe. I can tell you ninety seven percent of agents fail within the first five years, according to NAR. Well, and this makes it even harder. Yeah, in in theory, right? Well, I mean, I think, I think they're not getting the growth and development. Yeah. I think I think that illustrates that there is a problem with agent development in our industry already. Well, lack There's, of development, lack of mentorship, not enough skin in the game. You know, and lower then, barriers to entry. Sure. Okay. So a lot of state regulatory agencies are putting in post licensing education, tougher restrictions for getting a license, but people are still flocking to the industry. And I really think the onus is on the broker, okay, to provide a mentor, mentorship. Yeah. But it's hard because it's hard. It's hard to be profitable that way. So they're incentivized, okay, to do things that are not. I mean, that's that's why we're that that's how we're here. Like the brokers for years have been incentivized to do what's profitable, not what's best for the industry. Sure. And and that goes back to the person is smart, but people are dumb. And, 
you know, the broker is, they're not evil people. These are not evil people, man. I fight this battle every day. So, so here's what, here's how I balance the scale in my business. Okay. Yeah. Our our brokerage is marginally profitable. The brokerage is marginally profitable. I do other things, right? I own a property management company. I sell, I have a team that sells. Okay. And I just basically take and rinse and repeat the content you know, across a variety of mediums. Okay. So we're sitting here talking about this, you know, I might be sitting in a sales meeting talking about the same thing, educating our agents, both team and brokerage agents, you know, alike in the same meeting, you know, 10 minutes from now yeah, or yesterday or next week, like, but I'm present and they're here and I don't recruit 185 of them within a that few you never months have time for. that I never have time for. Okay. And hence my, you know, my business is profitable. My business is profitable because we sell a lot and my, I sell a lot and our team sells a lot. Not because the brokerage makes me a ton of money. Okay. And, and this is not bitterness either. Like it was designed this way. Sure. Okay. And you know, pretty soon we're going to, we're going to explore the idea. It's already kind of on our, on our radar, the idea of brokerage verticals. Okay. Mortgage title, insurance, et cetera. Verticals. Property management. Yeah. yeah property management. Verticals outside but connected to the brokerage business that offer more profitability, right? But that's why it frustrates me so much because rather than being inventive, rather than being a good business person, rather than being inspiring, we're, we're taking the low-hanging fruit, man. We're taking our, our influential agents, the ones that should be carrying our industry forward, are selling out and taking advantage of the week. I mean, the big thing I just keep taking away from this and what it sounds like you keep rounding back to is the fact that if you're someone who's not getting what you want right now out of the traditional brokerage, it might be because you're blaming the wrong thing for the lack of results that you're looking for. Absolutely. That's exactly what I see. Okay. You're, but, but you know what, Gabe? Our office, take our office, for example. How, okay. What percentage of our 25 agents have seen a bad market? I don't know. Maybe a handful? Yeah, if that. Yeah. Okay. I have. I, you know, I got in in 2008. Yeah. Okay, uh, maybe a handful of other, maybe. Okay, that's the thing. We've had a pretty. I mean, I would say the market turned positive. Okay, in two thousand eleven, twelve. Yeah. Okay, which is hard for me to say because we were selling good the whole time. We were selling a lot the whole time, but two thousand twelve. So, I mean, how many of our agents have joined the joined the industry in the last two years, three yeah. years? Right. It's definitely been good for those two or three. That's the thing. These people don't know. They don't understand. They, they don't understand what it's like to put a sign in the ground and, you know, have to go fill the flyer box like 42 times. Not because people are pulling flyers, because they're getting rained on. <laughs> and your seller is complaining because you haven't brought somebody. You haven't even shown my, my house. I haven't even showed. Yeah. Showed. Shown. Been shown. It hasn't been shown. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Kentucky country. <laughs> country boy um anyway that's kind of where my where i'm at with it man i i don't i think your original question is what are the wide-reaching implications a lot of these people are going to be out of the industry because they don't have the context to stay in the industry in a bad market and this is going to exacerbate they may feel good because it's low expense for a little while they may net a little more Mm -hmm. but they catch a lawsuit they catch a real estate commission complaint they, you know, get a client, sue them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be bad, man. It's already bad. 
It is already bad. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. This is this this makes it worse. Well, we're going to keep it brief today. This is just a follow-up to what we talked about last week, but maybe parting shot. What What is the one thing that you want the people that might disagree with you on this to know? What okay. is the one thing you want them to know walking away from this episode? Okay, so I have been called many times. I've been personally approached face-to-face. All of those interactions have not exactly been pleasant. Uh, which worries me also because it, it makes me wonder what the ta- you know the tactics are like look I'm, I'm a salesman right and I can overcome objections and I understand that and I respect a salesman's difficult difficult job yeah but at some point no is no okay so I would encourage those that will be approached okay they may not have been in the first wave but they're gonna get there yep trust me they're gonna get there you're gonna hear from them um, think twice. Think twice about what you really are, what you really represent, and whether you are, whether you want to be part of the problem or part of the solution. Okay, and that doesn't mean you have to come work for Remax. That doesn't mean you have to go work for Keller Williams. It doesn't mean you have to go, you know, and work for Mom and Pop One Two Three Real Estate. Yeah, this isn't big box versus multi. There is market. none of that. That it's not big box versus small box versus any box. This is not anybody versus anything. Yeah. The, the the truth is. I have a significant problem with lack of accountability. I have a significant problem with those with influence preying upon those that are weak. And weak is probably not the right word. I'm sorry, those that don't know any better. Sure. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Those with influence preying upon those that don't know any better. You know, G- Gabe, you could you would be one that would be very good at, you know, speaking to this, but I live, eat, sleep, breathe, value to our agents in this company. Mm -hmm. Okay. Our team, our company, our property management employees, our clients, I live, eat, sleep, and breathe it. Okay. And that is what our industry needs. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but it is why I won't sell out. There you go. Well, again, if you have anything to add or anything that you're still curious about, you know where to find us. We definitely want to continue to hear from you. And, you know, as we start to get more and more responses, we're going to we're going to continue to do things like this and address the things that our listeners want to know more about. So head over to our websites, www.resourcepodcast.net. Make sure that you're subscribed. By now, you're probably subscribed. But if you're not, make sure you are so that all of our future episodes are ones that you catch on. And, And like Jay said, we're coming back with more episodes soon to talk about how the brokerage can become more valuable and, and more competitive and absolutely and things that you can do if you're someone that's on the same side of the fence as us that has no plans of moving but also wants to see your business grow. You know, we, we're talking to somebody here very soon that has some very interesting ideas on how to do that. Absolutely, folks. Thanks for joining in. And we appreciate your feedback. Absolutely. All right. This has been Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. We'll see you next time.